0: Hello and welcome into the Pick'em Pod brought to you by the Block M Podcast Network as we head into week four of the college football season and what a weekend it's going to be. We've got six ranked matchups and that doesn't even include Florida State Clemson with Clemson being outside of the top 25 Man, It is going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. We've got eight games Against the spread for you here on this week's Pick 'em Pod, brought to you by Draft or the spreads, courtesy, I should say, of DraftKings Sportsbook and It is going to be a wild week. One of the weeks that potentially shakes everything up. We'll see how it looks. Taking a look back at last week, Dan had, or excuse me, Vaughn had the best week of all of us going six and two, much needed six and two last week for Vaughn. He only got the Notre Dame and Western Kentucky bets wrong. But other than that, he was spectacular, followed closely by Dan going five and three. I went in even four and four a week ago. So that puts our season standings. Nice and clumped together. Dan now leading the way with the five and three week at 17 and 12, followed by me at 16 and 13, and Vaughn at 15 and 14, as we're all above 500. Vaughn, welcome on, man. Vaughn Lozon, Dan Pluck, hey. along with Luke Yardi here. And Vaughn, what a week, man. Five, that You
1: needed that one in the worst way. That was, that was a big one for you. Yep. I felt good going into the weekend last week, going six and two. The only ones that I got wrong, like you noted, were uh, Notre Dame covering. Uh, I'm glad that Central covered against Notre Dame. It's was good to see the Chippewas put up a fight, and Western Kentucky did not cover. But went uh, 6-0 and with the remaining six picks. Was really happy about Florida. Like I said last week, put some money on the money line on that one. So that, that was really nice to see. And yeah, we'll see if there's uh, any other upsets this weekend. Dan, how you feeling, brother?
2: Yeah, I feel great. I was with you on the Florida Florida money line. I know I said I was kind of debating it. I actually went with it. So that was pretty nice. Uh, and maybe one or two this week that I like on the money line instead of the spread too. We'll get into it.
0: Yeah, very much looking forward to it. And we're going to start with the one that I already mentioned. Technically, not a top 25 matchup because uh, Clemson lost that week one game by three touchdowns to Duke. And what was one of the weirder games I ever remember seeing, but you'd be surprised the number four team in the country against an unranked team. Wow. You'd think that this would be a massive spread, but uh, the, the, the smarter minds know that this is going to be a very competitive game and probably, you know, we'll see what Miami does down the stretch, but this could be the one we look back on uh, that decided the ACC here this year, Florida state, two-and-a-half-point favorite as they visit Clemson this week, Vaughn.
1: Yeah, we talk about potential upsets. This certainly is a potential upset, and I'm going to take Clemson with the two-and-a-half points to cover the spread at home. They're a home dog. They've dominated Florida State in recent years in this series. Have not lost to them at home since 2013. Believe that was the year that they won the national titles, so um, it's been quite a while, but I know this is a tall order for Clemson, but I just got one of those feelings that uh, they're going to hang around and give them a little bit more of a fight than what we've been anticipating. And when you look at the advanced metrics, Clemson is actually a spot higher than Florida State and S P Plus, which is hard to believe. Uh, The one thing that Clemson can hang its hat on is the fact that their defense has really not missed a beat, actually performed quite admirably against Riley Leonard in week one, only gave up a buck 75 passing. He only completed 51 and percent of his passes. And just a couple other things real quick here. Clemson is six, one and one in their last eight home games against ranked teams and their last straight up loss was all the way back in 1999 against Florida State, lo and behold. So I really like Florida State this year. I think we all do. We we all were kind of on that bandwagon for them to win the ACC. But I'm going to take Clemson to cover the spread this weekend.
0: How do you see it playing out, Dan?
2: Yeah, Vaughn, it was that 2013 National Championship team, the last time that Florida State beat Clemson. Uh, And as much as I like this Florida State Seminoles team, I don't think they're quite at that level uh, with, you know, Jameis Winston and Kelvin Benjamin and the greats that were on that team. Uh, You know, the Noles have not been great on their road, uh, especially against top 25 teams. They lost to their only top 25 opponent on the road last year, falling to NC State. And they struggled last week against Boston College, too. Jordan Travis isn't going to be fully healthy. And I think people forget that that Clemson-Duke game got out of hand because Clemson turned the ball over as much as they did. Uh, it was like two fumbles in the red zone, an interception. It was just an ugly performance week one on the road against a good team. Florida State's 0-5 in their last five games against Clemson against the spread. Give me the Tigers, and I'm even taking the money line here uh, for Clemson in this contest against Florida State.
0: I'm going to be rolling here uh, with the Knowles, actually. I, I like them here as uh... – You know, you guys, we talked about it, or you guys mentioned it, I should say, that we, we picked fsu to win the acc uh here this season and i'm gonna be honest with you nothing they they haven't done anything to discourage me from that uh, especially with that big win over lsu i don't put a ton of stock into in that boston college game uh last week number one they were leading 31 to 10 in the third quarter right yeah you, you mentioned jordan travis gets dinged up a little bit but he did finish the game he was even running a little bit uh late in that one and from my understanding florida state kind of went in with a, a different game plan against bc they were were expecting some really bad weather out on the east coast and they ultimately didn't get it and probably ran it a little more than they're they're usually going to i think that Clemson secondary is a little suspect, um, because I, I, you know, Riley Leonard, he looked really good, uh, throwing the football uh, against Clemson. I, I know the turnovers played a big part in that one, but man, he he looked really good from from the eye test sort of thing. Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, I think they get rolling here this week, and I think Florida State, you're giving me under the key number of three. I'm going to go ahead uh, and take the Noles here to cover that this week. We've got a big top fifteen matchup. As Ole Miss is visiting Tuscaloosa and Brian Denny and the Crimson Tide seven point favorites uh, over Ole Miss in the Fighting Lane Kiffins, Dan.
2: Yeah, this game is a weird one. I, I got to admit. And Alabama, a little bit lost as a program right now. I think Nick Saban is trying to get a feel for what he has because it's not looking very good. I mean, uh, Milro was benched last week. Tyler. Buchner started and now he's been benched but the real problem here outside of quarterback has been their defense they're allowing 309.7 yards a game right now which is just seemingly unheard of I know a lot of that came against Texas but USF last week rushed for 177 yards against them I don't know if I ever in my lifetime would have expected something like that to happen and they almost pulled off an absurd upset if things would have gone a little bit differently um you know the tide returning home against an old man squad uh, that's looked pretty good this year they have that win against Tulane they're 3-0 and against the spread uh, but in their last 18 games against Alabama Ole Miss is 12-6 and ATS I'm gonna take Ole Miss and the points here but I think Alabama probably wins the game straight up
0: uh, how do you like it Vaughn
1: yeah I'm, I'm gonna roll with the tide in this one with Alabama minus 7 um, That whole thing last week where they flipped the script at quarterback and they did a bit of a carousel there for a minute. Uh, Nick Saban finally came to his senses and realized that uh, Jalen Milroe is QB one in Tuscaloosa. He should have never been benched. He was not the main reason why Alabama lost that game to Texas. He's clearly the most talented guy they have in the QB room. And if you watched any of that game last week, you would realize that Tyler Buckner is certainly not that guy. So I I think the tide get back on track here uh, against a solid Ole Miss team at home. They win, they cover the spread. Uh, They had that players only meeting as well. They seem a little bit motivated here to uh, prove the naysayers wrong. So I'll take Alabama. Yeah. I'm going to roll with the
0: tide here as as well to cover, you know, I think Ole Miss is a little overrated and I think their, their finals are, are a little misleading. You go back to to last week. Yeah, the big win over Georgia Tech. That game was 24-17 with 10 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. They were outplayed for a majority of the game by Tulane, who was without their starting quarterback and really the guy uh, that makes that entire offense go. And, yeah, they, they've, they ended up covering at the end of the games. But, man... Uh, the Alabama defense has been a little down, but it, it's it's a pretty big step up in class uh, for the Rebels here this week. Look, Bama was bad against USF last week. Um, the Jalen Milrow thing, you know, uh, Josh Pate talked about this a little bit, and then there was another person uh, that, that I respect that kind of brought this up as well. And, and you, you, you pointed out the players meeting, Vaughn, is that I, I do think that the players were kind of half-heartedly going through the motions because they didn't agree uh, with, with the quarterback situation that was taking place. I don't think we we saw a full Alabama, you know, um, everyone being 100% ready to go out there against USF. Jalen Milrow back under center, the players' only meeting, I think, a fire has been lit now uh, with this Crimson Tide squad, uh, and, and I think they get it done uh, against Ole Miss. Seven feels like a right number. Right. That's that's the one issue that I have with this. Like I I could see Bama winning this game by seven and, and everyone getting a push here, uh, which which is the unfortunate situation. But if I had to to go, I think Alabama, you know, is more likely to win by 10 than Ole Miss is to, to lose by four somewhere along those lines. So I'm going to roll with the Crimson Tide here. And then we go out west in a Pac-12 matchup. Number 22, UCLA at number 11, Utah, are, are you rolling with the Utes, Yvonne, or are you rolling with the Detroit
1: kid at quarterback? Nah, I'm going to roll with the Detroit kid at QB for UCLA. I'm going to take the Bruins to cover the six points. This was at four and a half before uh, we started recording, um, you know, at four and a half earlier today and then moved up to six because Cam Rising is allegedly, potentially, possibly, I don't know, maybe he'll play. We'll see. He probably is because the the Vegas line has shifted. But Utah, they've been kind of scraping by all season long. I think this is kind of the time where UCLA, like if there's ever a time for an upset, this is probably the week with a talented true freshman QB like we've already alluded to, Luke, Dante Moore. Uh, the UCLA Bruins, they're averaging 527 yards per game. Now, granted, it's against three cupcake uh, universities, kind of like what Michigan's got going on with their non conference schedule. Uh, uh, but they're putting up big time numbers nonetheless. And I think it is going to translate to more success this weekend at Utah. And uh, the one thing about UCLA's defense, for some reason, if QB Nate Johnson for Utah does play. He's mistake prone, he's turnover prone. That plays right into the hands of UCLA's defense. They've already forced six interceptions and two fumble recoveries this season. Uh, I really like UCLA to uh, at least hang around, potentially upset Utah this weekend in Salt Lake City.
0: Dan, how do you see it playing out?
2: I'm completely opposite. I think Utah wins big against UCLA uh, in this game. Uh, UCLA, the last th- six times they've played against Utah, they've won just once, and they're one in five against the spread as well. The last few times in Salt Lake have gotten really ugly 44 to 24 in 2021, 49 to three in 2019, 48 to 17 in 2017. Like you said, I think Cam Rising is back in this game back in this game this weekend and you said they were a little bit out of sorts Vaughn but I mean they didn't have their starting quarterback so of course they were a little bit out of sorts as good as Dante Moore has been uh he hasn't experienced anything like he is going to in Salt Lake City against that raucous cl- crowd that is literally hovering over you during this game we saw the pressure that put on the Florida offense just a couple weeks ago Utah's already won some big games at home I think they do it again I've I've already put three units on Utah winning this game and covering the spread.
0: Yeah, man, I I like the Utes as well here. If this was over a touchdown, I might think about it a little more. But if Cam Rising is going and you're giving me under the key of seven, I'm going to roll with the Utes here. And it does sound like Cam Rising is going to be going. This was kind of the, from my understanding, this was the targeted game uh after the surgery that he him and his doctor were were pointing at to get back here and do a pac 12 play and i love dante more man i I think he's a truly truly special talent and he has been awesome but you you put it perfectly dan he's never experienced anything like this in high school now going on to college man it is going to be a raucous crowd huge energy in utah and they rank number 16 a defensive sp plus man and that's the biggest thing uh came across something Uh, Along the lines of Dante Moore has been great, but somewhere along the lines of 75% plus of his passes, somewhere along those lines, have been to the right side of the field. They're not really throwing between the hashes, not really looking left. Kyle Whittingham is going to have a game plan ready to roll forcing Dante more. You want to beat us. You're going to have to make throws all over the field. We'll see if he can do that. That Utah defense is going to get after them. I like Utah to cover the six uh, here this week and Colorado still unbeaten and coming in at number 19 after the scare against Colorado state and well, things officially get a little tougher as they had to Oregon to take on the number 10 ducks coming in as a three touchdown, 21 point favorite Dan.
2: Yeah, that is kind of a little bit crazy to me. The amount of money and people that are so focused on Colorado right now to have the spread of 21. That's a huge, huge spread. And as much as I like Oregon and I think that they're a really talented team, I think they win this game outright, pretty, pretty handily. Uh, and Bonex is just a great quarterback. I think that he's finally found his home in Eugene. Uh, and, you know, this game being at home, I get I, I, I just think that the 21 points is a little too much, even without Travis Hunter being in this game. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm riding with the Colorado Buffaloes in this contest. Plus 21, that three touchdowns. I could see this game you know, being a two-touchdown, two, two touchdown, maybe 17-point win for Oregon. But Colorado's going to keep this close enough, especially with Oregon's comments about Dan Lanning, I think it was, his comments this offseason about Colorado basically being a nothing program. Uh, I think that that's going to fuel this team uh, to kind of put on a show, maybe not win this game. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that they can cover a three-touchdown spread. Uh, they've already competed on the road against TCU this season. They've been in these... Uh, kind of tough situations throughout the season. So, yeah, I'm riding with Dion and the Buffs in this one.
0: Dan, or Vaughn, excuse me. How about you, man?
1: Total opposite here, buddy boy. I'm going with Oregon to cover uh, the 21-point spread. I mean, we talk about Colorado and such a good story and whatnot. Their defense has been horrific. I mean, they gave up 42 to TCU, 35 points, to Colorado State last week. It took a miracle for them to win that game in overtime. Let's flip over to Oregon. Put up 81 points in week one, 38 points on the road to Texas Tech, and then 55 the following week. So I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's going to be tough sledding, I think, on offense and defense for Colorado without Travis Hunter. He's going to be out for a few weeks, and uh, their next three games are, are going to be huge because these are the three games that he's uh, set up to miss here at Oregon, home against USC, and then at Arizona State. They very well could drop all three of those games. So I think Oregon's going to put on an offensive clinic on Saturday. I'm going to roll with the Ducks all the way here, man. I'm still fading
0: the buffs. I can't get enough of it, man. I can't get enough. I'm addicted. I'm addicted to fading Colorado, man. I I, I can't get over it. I love Oregon here this week. They're covering 21. Look, man, Colorado State ranks 121st 121st in offensive SP plus they had 5.7 yards per play against that Colorado defense Oregon comes in at number two offensively SP plus Oregon's gonna move the ball up and down the field and the best player look Shadur Sanders is fantastic but Travis Hunter is the best player on that team and not only you know look I get it skill players they don't move the line yada 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 Travis Hunter Plays over 100 snaps a game, split between offense, defense, and special teams. Like, that guy is invaluable to what Colorado does. Without him, Shadur is not going to have, by far and away, his, his favorite target. That a poor offensive line is, is going to get manhandled at the point of the attack. Give me the Ducks covering the three touchdowns uh, here this week. And if you're looking for some fresh Michigan Wolverines apparel and plan on being in Ann Arbor this weekend for the Rutgers game, head over to the graduate Ann Arbor Hotel on East Huron Street and check out the home field apparel pop-up shop from 4 to 8 p.m. on Friday and 7 a.m. until noon Saturday. It's a two-day-only pop-up shop, and it's going to feature exclusive discounts, free gifts, and, of course, fresh Michigan football merchandise from our favorite apparel brand based out of the Midwest. Don't wait. Cause after the event is over Saturday, you're not going to be able to get this exclusive merchandise anywhere else ever again. So this Friday, four to 8 PM, Saturday, 7 AM until noon at the graduate Ann Arbor hotel located at East Huron and state street, downtown Ann Arbor. And if you won't be in Ann Arbor this week and are still looking for some comfortable, officially licensed gear, be sure to check out Homefield apparel online at home field Dot.com. so we're, we're just going to go ahead and stay out west here how about we do that we've got oregon state a shallow three-point favorite visiting wazoo number 21 washington state Vaughn.
1: yeah this is a really tough one for me personally i i kept going back and forth with it washington state being the home team but i think i'm actually going to roll with oregon state in this one This is going to be a gr- real grinded out type of game These two teams, offensively, total opposites. Oregon State, they love to run the ball. Washington State, they love to pass the ball. Their leading passer for Washington State, uh, Cameron Ward, 986 yards passing. But he's also their leading rusher somehow with 95 yards on on 32 carries. Uh, It's just kind of uh, unexplainable. Meanwhile, uh, DJ Uyunglele for Oregon State has been playing pretty decent ball since transferring over from Clemson. And uh, their leading rusher, Dan- Damian Martinez, averaging 8.8 8 yards a carry. So I think that they're going to lean on the running game, and I think Oregon State will be able to win and cover the three-point spread.
2: How about you, Dan? Yeah, to be completely honest, I'm not betting this game. Uh, here's why, <laughs> because both of these teams have absolutely crushed against the spread recently. Oregon State, 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, 6-0 oh against the spread, against the Pac-12 in their last six. Washington State, 10-5 against the spread in their last 15, 10-3 and three in their last 13 home games. I guess if I have to pick a side, I'm going with Wazoo because I think Cam Ward is a, the better quarterback and is just a special player. Uh, and on top of that, they're obviously a home dog. Uh, but I just don't know how I really feel about either of these teams because I truly believe that either one of them could be like a breakout team in the Pac-12 this season. I know Oregon State kind of was last year too, improve in some areas. But I'll be watching this game from the sidelines. I'm going to be watching it as well because i think it's going to be an awesome football game but i'm not going to have money on it but if i did washington plus, state plus three
0: yeah this one oh my god dude, did i have to go back and forth on this one but i think i i agree with you dan man i, I like the home dog here i like uh, wazoo plus plus three, and I think that Washington State offense is legit, right? Uh, Putting up the 31 on on Wisconsin, which is a a legitimately tough test, uh, especially defensively for an offense. Um, You know, they rank 15th in defensive SP plus does Wisconsin, put up 31 on them, even if the – the total yards in, in the yards per play weren't necessarily fantastic. They were still able to get the job done. They do average 535 yards per game, and I love Cam Ward. 72% completion percentage, 986 yards, nine touchdowns, no picks. I don't think Oregon State has been tested yet, but Washington State has, and I think that's going to be the key in this one. And You get the key number of three with the home team. It's going to be a crazy environment. I like Washington State uh, plus three. We're going to move to the Big Ten, number 24, Iowa visiting Happy Valley to take on number seven, Penn State, 14-and-a-half point favorites, Dan.
2: Yeah, until this trend breaks, I am playing Penn State. Uh, they are 9 0 1 against their spread in their last 10 games, even with the awkward number at 14 and a half. That's what they were last week on the road against Illinois. Here's the other thing Iowa might suck. Cade McNamara has thrown four touchdowns and three picks this season against bad competition. They haven't found their lead back yet on the offensive end. Tight end Luke Lakey, the top receiver for the team, is out for this game. Penn State has a solid defense. I think they stacked the box, make McNamara throw. And I don't know if I necessarily trust that Iowa defense yet either, which is what they've hung their hat on for so many years. At home, I can see things getting pretty out of hand in this game, much like it did against Illinois last week for the Nittany Lions. And I think that uh, this number would also be a lot higher if 71% of the bets weren't placed on Iowa. So give me Penn State minus 14.5. How
1: about you, Vaughn? Yeah, three words here. Cade is cooked. Take Penn State with all of your money. If they cover the spread, it will be solely based on their defense. I cannot believe how bad McNamara looked last week, guys. I I know you guys, I, I don't believe you guys were able to watch it. I know we were kind of texting back and forth as this game was playing out. He finished the game 9 of 19 for 103 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and he was sacked. Not once, not twice, not three times. He was sacked four times against Western Michigan at home. It was one of the worst teams in the MAC this year. If Penn State doesn't win by 30, I will be stunned. Iowa is the most overrated ranked team currently. They are going to get their ass kicked in Happy Valley this weekend. Ain't going to be very happy for them. So I'm taking Penn State, uh, definitely covering the spread, definitely winning this game. I'm going to go
0: opposite that. I'm, I'm going to roll with the Hawkeyes here this year. And a big reason for this, if it stays the course, the weather forecast looks beautiful for a rock fight Saturday night in Happy Valley. I checked it here today. Steady rain late, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. They are looking just in the evening during the game at a quarter inch of rain coming down after a quarter inch of rain. Already falls throughout the day. They're going to get somewhere between a half of an inch and in, in, in a full inch of rain uh, in, at Penn State on Saturday. The total is already at 40. This could go even lower. You're telling me that you've got the total at 40, could get into the 30s, and you're giving me 14 and a half when one of the teams has the number one SP. Plus? defense in the country uh in iowa that's a lot of points to to give up in what could potentially be an extremely low total uh penn state has not been efficient running the football too much here this year and if you can't really throw due to the weather conditions this thing could be a 12 to six final and i would love to see that go ahead and give me the hawkeyes plus 14 and a half uh here this week in happy valley and as much as we don't like Probably either of these teams here, as uh, as Michigan fans, all eyes are going to be on this one in South Bend on Saturday night. Number six, Ohio State, they are a three point favorite as they head to number nine, Notre Dame. Vaughn.
1: Well, first of all, I didn't know you went to CMU for meteorology. That was yeah. pretty good, man. I gotta start <laughs> looking at the I gotta start looking at the weather report a little bit. Before <clears throat> I, I picked these games because if that's the case, watch out for uh, that to be a. A more interesting game than I thought, but I'm still taking Penn State. But for this game, I will take Notre Dame, their home dog. Um, this kind of feels like taking candy from a baby, honestly. A top 10 team uh, that has looked better than its opponent, and it's a home dog. I don't know what gives here, man. Notre Dame, they've rolled through their schedule. They've already had a test on the road at NC State. And I really like their QB Sam Hartman. A thousand sixty-one yards already, thirteen touchdowns, zero interceptions in four games played. Granted, and that game at NC State was really the only competitive one uh, that they've had this season. But still, impressive numbers to say the last to say the least. And uh, all five of their top five tacklers for Notre Dame are seniors, so they have experience across the board defensively. Meanwhile, Ohio state has not really played anybody this season yet. And this is going to be Kyle McCord's first true test as starting quarterback at Ohio state. So I don't really know what to expect offensively from Ohio state, but I do know that Notre Dame is going to put up some points on this defense. So I'm going to take Notre Dame to cover and uh, potentially outright win. This could be one of the ones I uh, throw some money on the money line for. So let's roll with the Irish here.
2: Dan, how do you see it? Yeah, Notre Dame hasn't beaten Ohio State since 1936. I mean, they've only played five times, but it's, it's been quite a while since the fighting Irish uh, have beaten the Buckeyes. But for so long, and especially the last couple of years, it's felt like Notre Dame has been a quarterback away. And I think they finally have that guy in Sam Hartman. I mean, look at this game last year. Ohio State stacked the box. Notre Dame ran the ball 30 times to the tune of just 76 yards because they didn't trust Tyler Buckner at quarterback. They have uh, also held a much more explosive Ohio State offense last year to just 21 points in the shoe. Now the Buckeyes go on the road where they're just one and four against the spread as a favorite since the beginning of last year. And I had Notre Dame plus three and a half at the time. So I I took, I took Notre Dame plus three and a half now at plus three. I'm still comfortable with that with Sam Hartman at quarterback two. I'm riding with the fighting Irish who are five and one ATS in the last two years against ranked opponents. All
0: right. So the reason for why I'm picking the way I'm picking is because maybe I'm just a big, dumb idiot, okay? Um, I'm going to take Ohio State minus three, and and like I said, look, I don't see it from the Buckeyes, right? That offense has just not looked very good or efficient. They were in way more of a battle with Youngstown State than you would ever imagine. Uh, they weren't efficient against them. They looked better against Western Kentucky last week. But, like, like I look at SP+, Plus and I look at FPI, and they've got Ohio State as number one team in the country. I look at the Sagarin rankings, and they've got Ohio State at number two in the country. And maybe I don't, I don't see it, but maybe I'm just an idiot. So I'm, I'm going to roll with Ohio State here because the analytics what we're going to see—they must know something that that I clearly do not. Uh, and I'm going to roll with the Buckeyes minus three here because that's that's what all the the computers are, are saying that this is the best team in the country. So let's go out and see it uh, with the Buckeyes covering three on Saturday and finally we've got Rutgers coming into town Michigan with their Big 10 opener at the Big House Michigan as a 24 point favorite Dan
2: Yeah in terms of ATS Rutgers has kind of had Michigan's number the last couple years they're 4 and 2 against the spread against the Wolverines in the last 6 times they've met each other Scarlet Knights are also 3 and 0 oh this season compared to Michigan's 0 oh and 3 and to be fair, though, this is the most reasonable spread uh, that the Wolverines have had this season at 24 points, which is kind of crazy to say. Totals also at 44 and a half, I believe. So the books think that this game is going to be pretty low scoring. With Harbaugh back on the sidelines, I think that this is the best this Michigan offense is going to look to this point in the season. Rutgers also cannot throw the football. They have no sort of passing attack through the air Gavin wimsat is averaging just 135.7 passing yards per game he's thrown more picks than interceptions in his career i think that Michigan just stacks the box and forces him to throw if they get if Michigan gets a lead this game is going to get ugly really really fast give me Michigan big at home with their head coach back on the sidelines
1: Vaughn how about you Well, Dan, you kind of made my argument for me, but I'm actually going to take Rutgers despite what you just picked. I mean, Rutgers 3-0 this season. They're also 3-0 in covering the spread. Michigan, meanwhile, total opposite there, 0-3. So until proven otherwise, I would bet against Michigan. I still think that they're going to be in this mindset of as long as we win, by one point, two points, three points, it doesn't matter. Harbaugh even said as much in his press conference earlier this week. I really don't think that they're going to want to put up a ton of points here. Now, if they do, would it be nice? Would they take it? Absolutely. But I don't think they're going to be looking to put up like 40 or 50 just because their head coach is back on the sidelines. It would be kind of cool to see that, but I just don't foresee it happening. And then with the other thing that you mentioned, Dan, Rutgers has kind of been the thorn in Michigan's side the last few years. And uh, home openers for Michigan uh, in the Big Ten schedule have also been thorns in their side. They had Maryland last year give them a fight, Rutgers two years ago, and then even at Rutgers last year was kind of one of those uh, thrillers in the first half. So I'm going to take Rutgers to cover. I, I Obviously, I think Michigan's going to win this game, but I do think it could be a little bit closer than what people are uh, taking it to be currently. So I will take Rutgers plus 24.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on the Scarlet Knights here uh, as well. Look, Michigan is 0 3 ATS. Rutgers is 3 and 0 ATS, and I think that means to me uh, the market just hasn't adjusted uh, enough to to either team, and we're getting numbers that we probably would have got. Uh, earlier close to that we that we're still getting right now even though we we haven't adjusted Rutgers by the way has cleared their numbers uh, significantly uh, over their first three games and look Rutgers you guys mentioned it; they've played Michigan tough under Shiano 2020 2021 2022 last year they were actually leading Michigan at halftime you know before Michigan blew them out in the second half but at the end of the day uh, Shiano's gonna have them ready to go Michigan's gotta be ready and you know we'll see what happens but I, I still think Rutgers uh, is able to cover uh, the plus 24 coming up on Saturday. So we move on to our eliminator pick. We are all still alive. Dan and I uh, getting Iowa last week over Western Michigan. A little bit, you know, uh, dangerous for a little bit. Vaughn, same with Wisconsin. They they ended up getting done, but none of us were, were feeling super confident in the first half of our games uh, a week ago, but we are all still alive so Vaughn as you get into week four you have used Wisconsin Michigan State and Maryland where are you going this week
1: gonna go with Indiana at home against Akron Uh, the Zips are ranked number 130 out of 133 in S&P plus this season Uh, another road game against a power five team so uh, I'm definitely going to take the Hoosiers to win this game at home
0: all right, Dan, you and I, we, we've both used right. up Iowa, Indiana, and Maryland. Well, I'm curious to see if we have the same one here this week.
2: I have a feeling we might. I'm going to go with Illinois and a get-right game against Florida Atlantic. I think that they will just take care of business in this contest and move the football on the ground. Uh, and, you know, it's not Kansas. They're not in the road and they're not playing a uh, top 10 Penn State team. I think that they look like a Brett Bielema team against Florida Atlantic on Saturday. So give me the fighting Illini. I almost like actually- fighting Irish.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is actually the first time we've all had a different eliminator pick because I am going down to Lincoln. I'm taking Nebraska uh, to take down Louisiana Tech here. Uh, Nebraska got back on track, first win under Matt Rule, 35 to 11 over Northern Illinois. Uh, Louisiana Tech actually lost to North Texas last week, lost their uh, oh, uh, uh, second game, excuse me, uh, at SMU. I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to match up uh, with Nebraska at home. I'm taking the Huskers because uh, there's probably not too. Many times uh, I will think to take them uh, later on this year. So no reason to save them for anything. Is that a wrap it up for us here on this week's edition of the Pick'em Pod. Eight amazing games coming up that we picked against the spread. Can't wait to see how it all plays out on Saturday. Dan, where can we find you on social media?
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R.
1: Vaughn, how about you, man? Yep, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can find me on Twitter at Luke
0: Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And Make sure to check out all the great shows we have on the Block M Podcast Network. For my partners, Von Lozon and Dan Plucker, I'm Luke Giardi, and we'll see you next week on the Pick'em Pod.